Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Pastor, how are you? It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to be working back into things. So I appreciate you letting me. Wow, I'm glad you can come <laughs> in and have a chat. These uh, podcasts get kind of boring when it's just me the whole time. <laughs> so it's good to have you here. Good to be back. Thanks, yeah. buddy. Uh, this morning, we're going to, for our devotional thought today, we're going to go through, since it is Holy Week this week, I thought it'd be fun for us to go through the seven words on the cross um, recorded in. you got to go through all the different Gospels to pull them all out. There's no one Gospel that records all these seven words, but there are seven phrases that our, G- our Savior Jesus uh, spoke from the cross. We don't, we, we can't say this is for sure the order of them, but uh, we'll, we'll go through them in the order we have here. And uh, I want you to, especially as we go through these, consider, consider uh, who Jesus is primarily concerned about. You know, in this moment, he is suffering the forsakenness of God. He is bearing the burden of all sin of all people of all time. He's bearing that guilt, you know, Imagine in your life a time when you felt felt especially guilty, you know, for one particular sin, and how your stomach knots up and you feel awful about something that you did, and just your hang dog just feeling terrible. And now imagine adding up every time you've ever felt like that in your life and feeling like that all at once. Boy, that would be terrible. But now imagine all the guilt of all the people of all time. You know, every time you felt terrible for something you did. Uh, and now it's all people of all time and everything terrible that's ever been done, and you feel the guilt of all that. You know, no wonder Jesus was sweating blood, and no wonder Jesus was uh, in incredible pain. So thinking about all that, the guilt that Jesus is bearing, who is Jesus most concerned about with these words he spoke? he's speaking? Is it all me-focused, or is it focused on something else? You probably can guess the answer, but let's think about it as we go through here. So the first one, uh, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh, a request to the Heavenly Father. Uh, Pastor, you want to expand on that one a little bit yeah. as, as to who he's talking to and what he means by that? I just I wanted to say super quickly as we don't dive into that, sorry. Um, you know, Pilate was amazed that Jesus was already dead, and he was on the cross from like 9 to, well, before 6, probably 9 to like 3. three you know, so, yeah. um, I mean, that's still six hours. And the way, you know, with the, the um, suffocation, the asphyxiation that's going on, on the cross, the fact that he could say much of anything is kind of amazing, but... But to your point, which made me think of this, is that the fact of what he does say when he's going through that torture is pretty impressive. So like you said, the, the first one here, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Again, he's not cursing and shouting insults, which is what the other two were doing at first. Mm-hmm. And he's he's more concerned about the souls of those who are actually torturing him. So once again, he's showing love to his enemies, which he talks about you know, full circle with the Beatitudes. You know, bless those who bless those who curse. Even Jesus was definitely being cursed by those who are there, nailing him to the cross. Nailing him to the cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think by extension, you know, obviously he was speaking to those men there, but you and I are the reason why Jesus had those nails in his put in his hands and his feet. You know, uh, there's been plenty of artistic uh, license taken on the idea of 
you know, we nailed Jesus to the cross. Uh, I crucified thee, you know, is one of our hymns. Um, <clears throat> and that's, you know, if we picture ourselves as those who really crucified Jesus, which we should because it's our sins that put him there, uh, what is Jesus asking for us then? You know, Father, forgive them. And it's because of the work that he did there on the cross that he can forgive us. All right, the next one then is uh, today you shall be with me in paradise. Uh, he's talking to the penitent thief on the cross. I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is our Good Friday service. Okay. The penitent <laughs> thief. But maybe you could want to talk a little bit about what's uh, going just on there. Kind of, that's a stumper for me because it's just, I mean, it's fantastic because it's that promise and blessing that, that day. But then we always kind of wonder, bound by time, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. It yeah. doesn't really matter. It's right. good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned both those thieves at first. They were cursing Jesus yep. and cursing the... But uh, one of them has ch has a change of heart, and I think it's always an important lesson for all of us. You know, you might think of somebody who, well, that person will never believe, or I can never witness to them, or they'll never listen to me. Um, but what does Jesus say? Jesus gives an example here of somebody. You heard of deathbed conversion. You know, this is the this is the marquee example of this in Holy yeah. Scripture. Yeah. yeah. He turned and said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom," and uh, that's all it needed for that faith to take root in the heart. So again, Jesus is forgiving others. Jesus is uh, comforting this penitent thief. Next one, uh, he says to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he says to John, behold your mother. It's two sentences, but we just count this as one. <laughs> one yeah, same uh, phrase. Same phrase, yeah. So, uh, uh, he, you know, on, on the cross there, uh, of those 12 disciples who follow around for uh, these three years, Judas, of course, you know, is, uh, if he hasn't taken his own life yet, he is going too soon. Um, uh, and then uh, the other ten are all away hiding, and the only apostle who actually was brave enough to head out there uh, was John, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so Jesus looks down from the cross and sees his mother Mary, sees the apostle John who he loved, and said, Behold your son, and then behold your mother. So he's telling John, Please take care of my mother for me. Obviously he's about to die. I need you to care for, for my mom. Someone needs to take care for her. And then also care for John too you know he loved John and we don't know exactly how old John was he could have been quite young you know he ends up living into the 90s AD um, and so you know maybe he was a teenager you know at this point and still needed some parental guidance and uh, so you know it was a, a reciprocal relationship that he's instituting between his mother and, and the Apostle John as well. I never thought about this before until just now but um, you think about the Old Testament times where like King Hezekiah has told get your house in order. Mm. You know you're you're about mm. to die. You know Jesus is kind of doing that here. I mean he's doing that. He's he's setting his affairs in order. I mean you think well why did he wait till he went on the cross? But the whole point is he's he's taking care of his loved ones. He's yeah. making sure that those who cared for him are also cared for as well. And it's kind of a neat. Um, you know the next couple we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about his human nature and divine nature in some ways. But here you're seeing. Hey, this this is a this is a true man here that's taking care of his his mother and family too, which is kind of a neat thing to see. Yeah, he's prioritizing those things. Yeah, fourth one, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So here Jesus is quoting from Psalm twenty-two. This is the opening line, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think here it's important to remember that everything Jesus was doing was very deliberate. You know, if he only had seven sentences to say on the cross, why would this be one of them? Well, it ties him to those Old Testament prophecies. Psalm twenty-two is chock full of prophecies about what what was going to happen here on good friday about it this week this holy week I'd, certainly a psalm i would recommend you reading it talks about uh, how all jesus 
uh, bones are waxing away and how they're tossing dice for his uh, garments and so forth. Uh, but you know, here when Jesus asks this question, what do you think maybe is the onus behind it? What is he trying to teach those who heard him that day and also us? It's been recorded for our learning too. I don't know if this answers your question or not, but um, the word I focus in on is forsaken. And what I think of that, that word is hell. Mm-hmm. Um, is I believe this phrase helps us understand that Jesus was suffering hell on the cross for us. His father forsook him means turned his back on him, separated himself from his son in Jesus bearing all of our sins on the cross once and for all. So that abandonment, that forsakenness, I think is the worst part about hell is that there's no, there's no presence of God anymore. It's without God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesus is here without his father suffering hell for every single person in the world. And uh, it's kind of profound. Well, I think that's the idea of hell on earth. You know, uh, um, people like to throw that around as if they are suffering hell on earth. But really, uh, this is the only time that hell truly did appear on earth. God's presence is all over the earth. God keeps the, the, the day going and the, the seasons moving by his presence. And he you know, blesses all of us with his constant presence, whether you're a believer or not. Uh, he is present among us all. But in this moment, he removed his presence. And, and look at how the earth reacted to that <laughs> the lack of presence. Uh, the sky, the, the, the sun goes dark, the earth quakes, uh, the dead are raised, the veil in the temple tears in two. And that's from the forsakenness, the fact that this one spot, uh, God forsook uh, his son, Jesus, there on the cross. So, but then the, to answer the question then is, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, why did God do this? You know, the answer again is not because, you know, God wanted, it's not because God is vengeful or God, you know, God was meeting out justice for sin on the cross. And the reason why he's forsaking Jesus and, and not forsaking us eternally is because uh, he was willing to sacrifice Jesus. So why did why have you forsaken me? Because of you, because of me, because of he loved us so dearly. He was willing to put his own son through this uh, in order to win eternal life for all of us. So why, again, because of us? So all, all four of these so far have been you know, emphasized for us. Yeah. Uh, the next one, I thirst. A little bit of a shorter. <laughs> yeah. Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus wept, I thirst. Yeah. Well, I put this in the same category because basically it's just showing his humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's fully man. He's thirsty. He's, he's agonizing on the cross. And I, I can't even imagine. Well, you, in Psalm 22, you mentioned it talks about the physical agony that he went through. And yeah, that would make anyone thirsty. And, um, but it also is a part of fulfilling prophecy, too, about um, what he was going through on the cross as well. Yep. Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard one, I've heard from Bible scholars that, you know, they use, use a sponge to get this up to him. And likely these these sponges were used to uh, clean up after yourself after you went to the bathroom. So that's kind of the sponge that they would use uh, to give Jesus this wine and vinegar mix. That's so disgusting. It's really gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it says he didn't really drink it. And, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. you can see why. So uh, next one, it is finished. Three words in... English, one word in, in Greek. Do you remember that one? To tell us die. Yeah, good. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, actually, Pastor Professor Mark Weiss had an awesome chapel on that on Monday in Eau Claire. So if everyone watched something on that particular longer fr- phrase. But yeah, it really seals everything up for us. It's, a, it's an accountant-type term that the debt's been paid. It's all done. It's all accomplished. Um, it's got that erroristic, completed with the binding results idea. Yep, so... Yep. Uh, 
yeah, completed action, abiding results, good. So it's a perfect tense. Yep, uh, and it also has this idea of of completion, like there was a goal, like a telic goal. That, that's what you kind of do when you write a paper or something like that. It's like, well, what's my goal for this paper? What am I trying to accomplish through this? And that's the tetelestai, the word telus is the idea of a goal in mind, a purpose in mind. And so when it says it's finished, that goal was accomplished. And as you say, with that perfect tense, there's an abiding result that, that because of Jesus accomplished his goal, the abiding result now is eternal life, forgiveness of sins, life, joy, peace uh, for all of us because of his work. So really a powerful word. And it also means that uh, that there is no more work that needs to be done, which I always think is an important point to, to emphasize. You know, there's lots of uh, the Catholic Church teaches that Jesus only died for your original sin. But what does Jesus say here? It is finished. It's done. The work of salvation is accomplished. It's not like we need to add or, or can add anything to it. It's completely his work and it's completely accomplished. And so when he descends into hell, it's not like he went to hell to continue to suffer. A descent into hell was to proclaim victory. And then last one, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he gives up his spirit and breathes his last um, I always, with this one, I always like to emphasize the fact that, you know, he was, you mentioned before, Pilate was surprised that he died, that he was already dead. Um, Jesus makes a point in another, in John earlier, in the Gospel of John, that the Son of Man lays up his, gives up his own life. No, no one can take it from him, but he gives it freely of his own. It's not as if they took his life or they ended his life or through this they, they killed Jesus. They, no one can do that. Only Jesus can give up his own life, and he willingly did that. And so, says that he gave up his spirit and so he gives his spirit into his father's hands he gives lays down his life ends his ends his life you know it's not not suicide really in that sense but it's you know he gave up his life he willingly sacrificed it so that uh through his death he could conquer death on the cross any thoughts on that one i think you explained it well the other thing i like to always mention with these connecting the the three where he's addressing god you know at the beginning he says father in the middle he says calls him he says father forgive them and then in the middle of all this he says my god my god why have you forsaken me and then at the end he calls him father again you know i think that speaks to the relationship between the son and the father the fact that you know at the beginning he's you know my father you know he's he cares for me i'm intimately involved with him but in the middle it's like now i'm forsaken so i'm not calling him father right now now i'm calling him god but then by the end once that uh forsakenness is completed he calls him father once again any closing thoughts on these seven words? I appreciated having this conversation. Yeah, no, it's super awesome, especially during this Holy Week. And I think it's a good refresher and looking forward to uh, hearing them in context over the next few services. Yeah. All right, let's cl- uh, have a prayer then. Lord Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross and suffering for us. Thank you for leaving these words to remind us that of your great care and love for us and all that you said, did, and, and acted out in your life. You won salvation for us because you loved us, Lord Jesus. And uh, because of this, we give you eternal thanks and praise. Help us to now walk as your children, to share this love with others, to be the lights of the earth you've called us to. And bless our meditation on your work this holy week. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, some weekly updates and reminders. As mentioned, this is Holy Week. Um, So our uh, midweek Bible class this evening continues to be on hold. Uh, I think with all the scheduling stuff we got going on, we're probably going to push that off until May. So you online people uh, looking forward to that Bible class, please note that uh, we're going to push it off till the start of May, and we'll probably get back into that just because of some of the scheduling issues we're having. Uh, we're kind of short some people right now, so uh, look, for, look for that at the beginning of May. 
As mentioned earlier, this is Holy Week, so Monday, Thursday, this coming Thursday, uh, the 6th, we'll be having two services, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Our theme for that service will be the amazing grace of God in the life of the Apostle Peter, and there will be communion service uh, on Monday, Thursday. The next day, April 7th, is Good Friday. Uh, we will once again have 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. services. The theme of that service will be the amazing grace of God in the life of the penitent thief. So that's that. Today you'll be with me in Paradise Conversation, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, so please plan on joining us for that service as well. There will not be communion for the Good Friday service. Oh, I'm just going to say, this week is such a good week to invite people to church services. Mm -hmm. Every week is good, but you, know, you get to hear the pure gospel of what everything Jesus did. So my encouragement for all of us, myself included, is to try to invite someone to yeah. one of these services. Yeah, that'd be, that's a good, good point, Pastor. Um, and then for the regular weekend services, we will have our normal 6 p.m. and 10 a.m. Sunday morning services. We'll be at the regular times. Uh, there's no Bible class or Sunday school this weekend, but uh, uh, you can come at 6 p.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. Those will both be the same service. Uh, then on Easter morning, we will have a special sunrise service. We'll be concluding that Amazing Grace theme we've had through, the Lenten, through the, our Lenten series this year, uh, Amazing Grace in the Life of Mary Magdalene. So that'll be the close of that. And then there will be an Easter breakfast following that sunrise service at 8 a.m. Uh, the men of the congregation will be serving. So men, if you'd like to volunteer, you can get a hold of Larry Hartman, uh, find more information in our weekend bulletins about how to do that. And then we'll have that 10 a.m. service following that. So uh, busy, full weekend here, but obviously very important uh, weekend as we consider the life and work of our Savior Jesus Christ and all he did to rescue and redeem us from sin, death, and the devil. Uh, last thing I wanted to highlight was last Friday was the uh, kindergarten roundup. Uh, we had 10 uh, potential students come in and uh, check out what our kindergartners put together. They did a day, a day in the life of a kindergartner, so thank you to Mrs. Hart and to Mrs. Radical and all the kindergartners, all the work they did to put that together. It's a fun uh, fun thing for them to, to do and see and uh, really uh, went, went really well and smoothly, so we thank them all for that. Uh, our prayer list for today uh, is from uh, is uh, quite lengthy again. Uh, we have our cancer patients we've been praying for. Carrie Dale, John Hine, Norma Carlson, uh, Gary Hannell, who's diagnosed with esophageal cancer, uh, Mavis Anderson, Sharon Guerrera. Keep all of them in our prayers with the cancer they're dealing with, different stages and so forth. Uh, we pray for Wilton Landon and Ashley Albrecht, who were married about a week and a half ago. Uh, maybe two weeks ago now. Uh, they were married, uh, and we pray the Lord's blessings for them uh, in their walk together. Uh, we pray for and give thanks on behalf of Naomi Pfeiffer. Naomi had, uh, had had a surgery scheduled, but due to a number of issues, ended up getting a second opinion and was found out that she didn't need that surgery. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, she told me, Pastor, you tell everybody to always get a second opinion. So there you go, get a second opinion on those things. Uh, we pray for the family of Gene Schreier. Gene passed away last Friday. Uh, we give thanks to God for his deliverance for Gene and, and look forward to that victory service, which will be next Tuesday, so six days from today uh, at 11 o'clock. Uh, there's more information on that uh, in our bulletin on our church calendar as well. And then finally, we give praise and thanks on behalf of Pete and uh, Gwen Bussey. Uh, they had a healthy baby boy uh, last Saturday, uh, Clyde Bussey. So praise the Lord for that and uh, look forward to the baptism plans for that. Not known yet, but uh, look for, looking forward to that. Which brings us to our senior spotlight today. Uh, today we sat or had a conversation last week with uh, Louise Reyes. Here's what that sounded like. 
I am joined here today by one of our seniors, uh, Luis Reyes. Luis, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just fine. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, it's good to opportunity to sit down and talk between us. You know, uh, the members of our congregation here have a lot of interest in what goes on in the school. It's a very large part of our annual uh, budget and many prayers that go out to the school as well. So one of the, really the biggest part of our ministry as a church is our school. And so I think it's neat for you as a student to be able to kind of talk to the members of our congregation and say, hey, this is who I am, this is what Emmanuel means to me, you know, those kinds of things. So uh, really nice and appreciate you taking time to, to just talk to us today. So let's get started with the interview then. Louise, what's your full name? Uh, my name is Luis Antonio Reyes. Antonio, okay. Yes, uh, my mom originally wanted to name me Tony, but oh. then we compromised by making my middle name Antonio and my father named me Luis. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Louise. Who are you? What do you like to do? Uh, uh, I think that I'm really passionate about the things I enjoy. Uh, I, you know, some might say I'm a little bit arrogant, especially with uh, how opinionated I am about that. But overall, I would try to be rather caring towards people. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think you're a very passionate person, Louise, uh -huh. the, the conversations we've had together. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, you're very opinionated too, and that's, that's okay, obviously, uh, to have strong opinions. Uh -huh. But of course... You want to balance that, I think, with that caring side of things, too. And I've seen that in you, too, as well, in the past, you know, how long have we known each other? Seven years now or whatever. Yeah, uh, quite wow. some time, yeah. But uh, you're a very caring person, and I like to see that come out as well. Uh, next, I'd like to ask you, uh, how long have you been attending Emmanuel? I've been attending Emmanuel since the fourth grade. Okay, so how many years is that? That's about eight years. Eight years, okay. That's a, that's a big chunk of your life. Uh, outside of Emmanuel, do you have any other hobbies that you like to do? I like to do live performing. That's what I've been doing recently. Yeah, I was going to ask you more about that. Yeah, uh, so I go out uh, to open mics. Normally I try to do one a week. And there, you know, I just perform songs that either uh, other people written or songs I've written. So how, how many of your own songs have you written? Uh, probably like four or five, at least once I feel comfortable performing over there. Okay, okay. Yeah. And what instrument do you play? Uh, I do guitar and sing. So you can play guitar and sing, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. What's uh, maybe your favorite one to do? I really like doing anything by Dylan. That's normally what I find really fun to do. Okay. Uh, Bob Dylan, uh, singer-songwriter. Yeah. I really appreciate a lot of his work and his catalog. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, what kind of activities uh, did you participate in while you were in high school here at Emanuel? I did drama for all four years, but I also did soccer between my junior and my senior year. Very much fun. Uh, really got new dynamics to meet different people. Going on those bus rides was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how was uh, Emanuel helpful in your high school career? You know, I think... A lot of people look at a small school like Emmanuel and they'll think, well, you can't do that many activities or there's limitations to the, the because there's such small class sizes. How was Emmanuel helpful to you? Uh, first and foremost, to that first point you made, the only reason why there's limitations is because you put the limitations on yourself. Uh -huh. If you go out and you truly want to do something, then Emmanuel does open up all those opportunities for you, which is that you have to work a little bit harder to get those opportunities by asking about it and really going into it, besides then just saying that, oh, well, it doesn't offer that. Because I've heard that a lot, and I really disagree with that take. Yeah. But I think that Emmanuel, what it's done for me mainly is that it gave me a firm foundation, especially during like difficult times, you know, to not only have such a connected uh, group of people that you can lean on, mm -hmm. but as well as uh, having a firm foundation in the Word of God that you can lean on. Yeah. So, you know, you got both ways, and I think that's phenomenal, and I very much enjoyed that about my time here. Awesome. 
Uh, you mentioned kind of some difficult times. What are some problems that you've run into in high school, whether it be social, friend, whatever? Um, how did you overcome those problems, those difficulties? Well, I would say that I didn't really have too many problems, but I would say that the ones I did, I was able to easily come over since, you know, the people are so supportive here. So you're just able to, like, if you have a problem, just, you know, go on and talk to them. And they would be like, oh, well, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, good. So when everybody's, you know, has the same uh, understanding of God's word is the rule and norm for life, it really makes things a lot easier, doesn't it? It definitely does. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice or suggestions for improving the high school? You know, as you know, you've been here however many years. You're in the last year of high school. Uh, you have uh, uh, been through everything. Any advice or thoughts on improving high school or suggestions maybe for classmates who are following behind you the next few years? Oh, definitely. Really take advantage of your education. Hmm. Especially nowadays, like the easy way out is so accessible now. But I think that there's not only a sense of, you know, just knowing more, but as well as uh, appreciation for being able to put in the hard work of learning. Hmm. Because learning is such a wonderful thing that a lot of people take for granted. But yeah. here, I think it's a very phenomenal thing that you're able to be in this community of people who, you know, do have the same value. So if you have a question about certain things, uh, you know, you're able to ask them. Also, another thing, ask questions. I think it's a really important thing to be able to widen your scope of knowledge, not only by education, but also by asking questions. Be more engaged. Yeah, yeah good. that's good. Um, so maybe if you could give, you know, if you could rewind four years and talk to Louise, who is just going into ninth grade, just ready to start high school, maybe what advice would you give to that young man? Uh, pay attention more. Uh, don't be easily distracted. Take advantage of your education. You know, uh, do the most that you can. You should really just try to do everything because, mm -hmm. you know, you're given the opportunity to, so why not do it? Yeah, awesome. Uh, Louise, describe yourself in one word. Sporadic. Sporadic. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, expand on that a little bit. I think that I have a lot of different things that I like to grab on, and okay. uh, that's why I would call myself sporadic. Okay, I, I'm into that. Uh, what are you doing uh, after this year? So you've uh, gone four years here at Emmanuel. What's the plan going forward? Oh, I'm going to go to IL, over to ILC Eau Claire and go get an associate arts degree. Okay, so yeah. two years over there. And, yeah. Okay. Any thoughts of the future beyond that? You know, hopefully living on my own. Uh, that, that's really the main goal right now. Is Try to, be to able, live on your own. Yeah, that's Got the main it. goal. Okay. Okay, very cool. Well, uh, what about uh, where do you see yourself beyond that? You know, five to ten years, what do you see as, like, future career, family, those kind of things? What are your goals? I really don't got all that figured out. So yeah, so, that's okay. You know, yeah. Normally, uh, I'm more or less, uh, let's get this one goal accomplished, then we'll think about the next goal because yeah. – Doing wide picture is very important, especially to establish, like, you know, the beats of how you want things to go. But I also feel like that it's important to look at small steps and a little bit of accomplishments right mm -hmm. now and to be able to overcome those before you try getting those to the big goals. Yeah. As the classic saying goes, Rome wasn't built in a night. So that's, that's kind of how I am right now I'm seeing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's good. Well, you know, I've seen in you many talents, and I've told you this before, but I could sure see you. Uh, pursuing the ministry, whether it be teaching or preaching, I think you're very blessed. You have you're very caring, as you said. You're very uh, uh, social. You know, I think you have a lot of skills that could lend itself in that area. And you know, the ministry is obviously something that we're in great need of in the CLC. So you know, I've encouraged you this before, but keep an open mind to that, especially as you go to Eau Claire and you start taking classes up there, religion and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll be you'll be 
right there and not possibly on track for that. So yeah. something to think about. Um, so you've been here eight years. You know, as a student, you're here five days a week, coming to church on the weekends. You are here in this building a lot. So I'll ask you, Louise, what is Emmanuel, you know, the, the church and school, what, is it, what does it mean to you? Uh, community and God with us. Hmm. So, but literally, Emmanuel means God with us. Yes. But, but what is it, you know, what has it meant to you in your life, and how has it been there for you all the way through? Oh, it's like a second home, really. It is. Oh. Uh, you know, I go here, you know, I know where everything is. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that means a lot. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with uh, the people listening, the congregation here at Emmanuel? You know, they've supported you. You know, you don't know them all, certainly, yeah. but they have prayed for the school. They've mm-hmm. prayed for you, you know, uh, indirectly. And mm-hmm. is there anything you'd like to say to everybody who's supported you through your years here? Uh, feel free to say hi. I am <laughs> certainly not a person who is, uh, you know, I'm not afraid if you want to come up and say hi to me, uh, definitely. As well as thank you very much. I highly appreciate it, not only about your support to the school, but actually listening to this because, you know, it means a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got to say on that matter. Awesome. Well, thank you, Louise. Appreciate your time today, and uh, we'll certainly be watching you in the future, and we're excited to see what the Lord has in store for you and how he's going to use your talents and abilities uh, for his kingdom in the future. So thank you very much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you once again to Louise and blessings on his future. Our hymn of the day today is hymn 177 in the red hymnal. Uh, It's a rather long hymn, but it details those seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. Our blessed Savior seven times spoke when on the cross our sins he took and died lest man should perish. Let us his last and dying words in our remembrance cherish. Father, forgive these men, for lo, they truly do know not what they do, so far his love extended. Forgive us, Lord, for we too have, through ignorance, offended. Now to the contrite thief he cries, Thou verily in paradise shalt meet me ere tomorrow. Lord, take us to thy kingdom soon, who linger here in sorrow. To weeping Mary standing by, behold thy son, now hear him cry. To John, behold thy mother, provide, O Lord, for those we leave, let each befriend the other. The Savior's fourth word was, I thirst, O mighty Prince of life, thy thirst for us and our salvation is truly great. Do help us then that we escape damnation. The fifth, my God, my God, O why, forsake me, hark the awful cry, Lord, thou wast here forsaken that we might be received on high, let this hope not be shaken. The sixth, when victory was won, tis finished, for thy work was done. Grant, Lord, that onward pressing, we may the work thou dost impose fulfill with thine own blessing. The last, as woe and sufferings end, O God, my Father, I commend, into thy hands my spirit, be this, dear Lord, my dying wish, O Heavenly Father, hear it. Whoe'er by sense of sin oppressed, upon these words his thought will rest, He joy and hope obtaineth, and through God's love and boundless grace, a peaceful conscience gaineth. O Jesus Christ, thou crucified, who hast for our offenses died, grant that we e'er may ponder thy wounds, thy cross, thy bitter death, both here below and yonder. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.